Our first reading during this Easter season as we continue on in uh, the book of Acts is from Acts 16. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So, setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and the following day to Neapolis. And from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days, and on the Sabbath day we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. And one who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading this day is from the Revelation to John in the 21st chapter. Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. It's radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and on the gates the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass, and I saw no temple in the city. For its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. But its light will the nation, or by its light the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will ever enter it, for, or nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise in honor of the gospel and our gospel reading this day from John's gospel in the 16th chapter. In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. 
In that day you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. And his disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. And Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I'm not alone, nor the Father, or for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, you have brought us to this place once again to hear your word. And as we sit here, called together by you, we pray, Lord, that you move by your Spirit. Remove distractions from our hearts and minds as you gather your children into your presence to hear of your love for us in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. I'm sure many of you growing up got to hear a particular phrase in your household, and um, some of you maybe not, but oftentimes, if you were to go to your mom and ask of something as you were little, as my children oftentimes go to their mom and ask for something, and she's not quite sure, or at least doesn't want to make the decision, she then looks at them and says, go ask your father, which is never really all that bad, right? I mean, it's not that bad of a phrase by any means. You know, go ask your father. Go ask dad what he wants to do. Go ask him what he says about you having another cookie. The answer is always yes, by the way. And we can remember this as we grow up, and oftentimes it was an okay question. It was much better than hearing, wait till your father comes home. Wait till your father comes home means... Something bad's happening later. There's a conversation I'm going to have to hear about. There's words that are going to be spoken. There's things I'm not going to want to have to deal with as a kid if I hear, wait till your father comes home. But go ask your father. In most households, it's all right. Some, it's harder. I mean, not all households have a father to go to or a loving father that's present. Sometimes I know that phrase can land pretty hard. And for a lot of folks, when they hear that phrase from Jesus saying, you can go ask your father, you won't have to ask or have me ask him for you. You can just go straight to him and ask him. A lot of times when we think of God as our father, in some settings, for some people, that's a hard thing if we start to relate what God is like with the father that we had in the household. Prayerfully, that's not how it was for you. And to know that you could go to your father was a good thing, but know that there are folks out there that it doesn't land quite as nicely because they're not sure what their father's going to say. They're not sure how he's going to react. 
fact, even for us, I mean, if we hear, go ask your father, we can go ask the question, but we really don't know if it's going to be a yes or a no for those cookies, or whether or not we can have more ice cream, or whether or not we're going to the ball game on the weekend or anything like that. But again, if the relationship's hard, then that question even gets harder. Because we're not quite sure how we'll answer. Well, a lot of people, especially outside of the Christian church, if they were to think of who they go to for these questions, who do they go to that's outside of themselves to answer this question of go ask your father whenever they're in need, that can be a hard thing to think on too. I mean, if you know that there, or if you believe that there isn't a God outside of you and something that is there to take care of you and oversees all things and is there uh, with authority over all things, I mean, who do you go to to go ask? Who do you question? A lot of times you're left with yourself. And if you're already questioning whether or not you can have something, trying to answer that question on your own is hard. Sometimes we go to ask other things. Might go to a different God. The people outside of um, the nation of Israel, all throughout the raising up of God's people in ancient history, they had other gods that they went to. They didn't always answer them in the way that they wanted a, an answer, and sometimes they just didn't even get an answer. People of Israel knew who they could go to, they could go to God. It's as Jesus is standing there and talking with them. The part that we get in the gospel today is really the tail end of a conversation that he's been having with them, letting them know that he has come from the Father, he's going back to the Father, and there's a time coming where he's going to go away and they can't come with him right away. And they're not quite sure exactly what he's talking about until he finally lays it out kind of clearly and just says, hey, I came from God and I came into the world and now I'm leaving the world and I'm going back to the Father. But it's got to happen this way. It's got to happen this way so that I can send you the Holy Spirit. He also says, and in that day, you won't have to trust me to ask God for you. You'll be able to talk to him yourself. You'll be able to reach out to him yourself, and you'll be able to ask him anything you want in my name. Now, that's a tricky one, too. Because there's oftentimes, especially within the church, in the wider church, sometimes we think that that also, all of a sudden becomes like a magical incantation. That if we pray enough in Jesus' name, God has to give us what we pray for. But I think all of you know from life experience, that's not how it plays out. We can't just tag Jesus' name onto one of our own personal desires and then expect God to be locked into giving us what we want. In fact, if you were to go ask your father as you were growing up for anything you wanted, you know sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is not yet. Yet, as Jesus stands there and says you can ask of anything in my name, I kind of wonder, what's that mean? And we want to ask for whatever we want so that we can get what we want, when we want it, and how we want it. And it just seems like it would be easy enough to say, I want all this in Jesus' name, give it to me. It's just not how it works. So what does it mean to ask something in Jesus' name? I think we have to remember who Jesus is. Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. The Son of God come into the world. This 
person of the Trinity that is from eternity, that was around at creation, that was there to form the entirety of creation and bring it into being and watch it get broken. And then be the mouthpiece of God. Anytime God's word was spoken in the Old Testament, anytime God was there with words to share with his people, there's a lot of thought that that's the word of God being shared with people. That's God working through the Son of God to express his will, his want for the world to his people. And then that very word, after generation and generation and generation is born into the world, into our flesh, so that we would see God's will for His people acted out in real life with flesh on it and walking in the dirt of His broken creation. God's word and will in Jesus, there to show us His love directly by dying for us, rising for us. His name being there amongst us, so that we would have a name to call upon, so that we would have a name to give to the Father and say, Father, I'm asking all of this as you would take care of your son Jesus. Would you take care of me? You see, because as he died in your place, he gave you the family name. He gave you the name of being a child of God. As you were baptized into that death and that resurrection, the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit was placed on you so that you would be a child of God, loved by the Father as He loves His own Son. So now, you get to go to the Father. Ask the Father anything you want as a child of God, as one who is beloved by Him just as His Son Jesus is. You stand in that place of Jesus, getting to go to His Father. I think about how He directed His disciples when they said, hey, teach us to pray. What did He tell them? Did he say to start off with, O oh, glorious creator of all eternity and O oh, glorious creator of all creation, you above all things? No, He said, our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. That's the Father that we get to run to. That's the Father that we get to ask anything of. One who's big enough to handle all of our cries of lament, all of our joys, all of our trials, all of our mourning, all of our grieving, all of our thanks. That Father there is the one that we can run to and say, things don't look right, I don't understand it, help me. And there are times that we may think we don't know what he's going to answer with our prayers, but I can guarantee you, you know where his heart is at. His Father loves you. No doubt about it. No doubt at all. This Father, no matter what your Father was like, this one is unlike him in the amount that he loves you. And you may have had a Father that loved you dearly. This one loves you more. This one created you. This one brought you into his church. This one gave you his name and he hands over to you life and forgiveness in Jesus. This father, this father's there for you. So when Jesus says, up until now, you haven't had to ask for anything because I'm with you. But I'm going to the father. And in that day, I'm not telling you that I'm going to ask on your behalf. No, you get to ask him directly in my name because you're going to be in the same status, a loved child of God just as I am. And when you reach out to God, He sees you as just that, loved child. 
forgiven, redeemed, all because of Jesus. So in his name, we get to go to the Father. So whatever life brings you, whatever trials and tribulations, whatever it is, as Jesus says in the world, right now you're going to have trials. But take heart. I've overcome the world. So go ask your Father for whatever you need. He loves you. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, you call us your very own. And your Son expressed that as he told us, hey, Go ask our Father in my name because you're a child of His, just like me, loved and forgiven. And God, you worked that all out for us in Jesus. And then, out of your pure grace, you call us your very own children. We thank you, Lord, for all that you continue to do for us. And we pray that you continue to give us the courage to speak to one another about your love and especially come to you. Not try and handle things all our own, but know that through your Son, in Jesus, all the trials have been overcome. And what's handed back to us is your mercy for us in him. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to rise as you're so